to the story of Achon. So the Pasuk says in Pasuk, Now that, so to speak, the wrongdoing has been avenged, so whenever that happens, then the relationship which we had previously with Hashem comes back again. And if Hashem says to Yeshua, Exactly what He promised him right at the beginning of the Sefer, don't be afraid, there's nothing to worry about. In other words, now that, so to speak, there's no time the Kaisal have done something wrong, so that Hanhaga of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, guiding Kaisal will return. But, he tells him to do something different. Take with you all the people, all the soldiers, and go back and attack Ai. So this time Hashem promises in advance that he's going to be successful. But, We'll see. The Hashem has a few conditions. Which means as far as the people go, you must you will kill all the people. That's the team of all the nations of Canaan. Just like it did to The difference here is This time don't make the city into a harem and declare all the spoils. This time keep the spoils for yourselves. And the way Hashem tells him if to conquer I is to make an ambush behind the city, which is what we see Yeshua is going to do. I was a small nation, right? I was a very small city. And we still saying that And I said, that's about to ask, 100% of That's not the question I was about to ask. And that is, we already saw that I wasn't a formidable threat. When the Miraculum went the first time to I, they told Yeshua, 2,000 people, 3,000 people, that's all you need to send, then that will that'll be enough. And that's true, Klai Yisrael lost. And uh, that was because Klai Yisrael did something wrong. If that's the case, if now the Avera has been atoned for, so we should go back to where we started with. Why does he have to send the whole people? Why is the, why is the whole, and not only that, Yishim himself had to go. Hashem tells him, take with you. You should be the one to go up to attack I. Why is it necessary? The Chara should be the small force that he sent the first time. That's the second question. And the third question is, why does he have to make an oirah? It was a, an ambush is like a trick. That you try to lead the people to fight in one, in one front, and then you catch them from a second front, from behind. Again, if you're talking about a, an opponent which is uh, powerful, and you need to come to some kind of warfare, okay, but I didn't seem like it was such a big threat to Klai Yisrael. So why, did I, why was it necessary to work in such a way? Okay, so... Let's just see first what Yeshua does, and then we're going to explain why it was necessary. As Hashem, the Pasuk in Pasuk Kimo, Vayakum Yeshua v'chol ama milchom elalei sa'oi. Yeshua and all the people, all the soldiers, went to fight Ai. Vayivcha Yeshua shloshim elif ish gibarei achayil, vayishlechem laida. Yeshua chose the ambush, 30,000 people, with the strong soldiers, and he sent them in the night to heads that they would cross Ai, and therefore be waiting on the far side of Ai. And he instructs the soldiers who are going to be in the ambush and he tells them, You're going to be the ambush which is waiting behind the city. But don't be too far away because they have to be able to get to the city quickly when they need, it, when they need to come into action. And Yeshua said, I and the main body of the army will come close to I. When they come out to confront us in battle, like he did the first time, 
then we'll show that we're running away from them, and that will draw them out the city. They'll all chase us until we draw them out of the city. They're going to say, They're going to say, Look, Israel is running away from us like they did the first time. We will run away from them. But, then when you see that happen, you'll get up when you're lying in ambush. You'll destroy the city. And you'll be the ones that Hashem will give the city to your hands. You'll be the ones to destroy the city. Now, the city means the buildings or the women and the children left behind because all the men have chased Yeshua out of the city. Right? So then he says, the sign that you're going to do is when you take hold of the city, when you're in control of the city, burn the city in fire. Like Hashem said, that's what you should do. That's what I've commanded you. And the obvious question is, Hashem didn't say that. Hashem said you must destroy this people of I and its king, but this time the shlal, which means the spoiled of I, and the animals keep for yourselves. Also, what's the double lotion? Like Hashem said you should do, see what I've commanded you. Right. So, obviously, before Hashem asked the question, we'll explain this also. And that was the, the plan that that, that Yeshua set up in order to conquer I. So again, the first thing is here, Hashem doesn't just tell him I'm going to give you I. Hashem instructs him to take the whole army with him to fight I. And not only that, do an ambush as well. And then Yeshua adds to that. He explains to the soldiers members exactly how the, the strategy of the battle is going to be. He's going to try and let people of I think that they being successful the second time. That's the way to draw them out of the city. And then the ambush will basically have an undefended city to enter and take over it. Why was this all necessary? Okay, so there's two Mahachim here explaining, explaining the story. The first one was that we saw before when Yeshua the first time sent the soldiers up to Ai. So we saw the Chazal, the Midrash says over there, that when they were not successful and Yeshua's response was to, to rip his clothing and dive into Hashem, Hashem, what have you done to us? I mean, how can you... We've lost our all our morale, basically, now that you see that we can't defeat the Knanim. So Hashem says to him, Kum loch. And we saw the Chazal said that, they translated Pasuk, that it's because of you. It's because of you. Hashem says to you, I promised you I would give victory into your hands, and you didn't go. And therefore, besides the problem with Achon, which was the reason for Kaishwal to lose, but the victory was meant to be if Yeshua himself is involved in the battle. And therefore, going to Chazal, before we get to the rest of the soldiers, Yeshua himself had to be involved, and that's why Hashem tells him, you have to be the one to, you have to be the one to lead the battle. Okay. Now the second point. Why did they make such a big deal out of it? It wasn't such a big city, eh? It wasn't such a big city. So here we see a principle. Here we see a principle which the Amos is very negative to the whole of Megillus Esther also. The whole of Megillus Esther also. And that is, there's a principle HaKadosh Baruch uses in paying back for Shoim. And we said the Pasuk in Mishnah, the Pasuk says, Lifnei Shever Go'in. Before Hashem destroys them, He brings them to a high place. He makes them to like a certain level that they feel they're very successful, and from there they fall. That before the Russia gets destroyed, Hashem brings them to a certain level of success, and then from there He brings them down. 
the example of this Megillah's Esther is obviously the story of Haman. Haman, we look at the Megillah as Haman started being the Russia, so to speak, when he rose to power. And now that he was in the powerful position of being the Prime Minister, whatever you're going to call him, the head of the ministers, and now that he gets has Tainas and Mordechai, so that's what makes Haman into a Russia. And as a result of that, he decides to kill the Jews. You know, it sounds like from all we read was in the Gila, this is our first introduction to Haman. And it looks like what he did wrong only came about after he, became, he assumed the office of the Prime Minister. And because Mordechai wouldn't bow down, that's, that's the whole process in motion that makes someone want to kill the Jews. Oh, so that brand Haman is a Russia, and he made it, things start from there. Really? The problem always with learning Megillah's Esther is you're taking a picture, like a piece, out of the historical perspective. And without knowing the rest of the Tanakh, what happened before and what happened at the same time, then we don't see all the things, the things which line, which, like, so to speak, tie up with what happened to Megillah's Esther. Really, Homer had a history already. Homer had a history already. If we look in Sefer Ezra, what happened before this is that Koresh, the king who was the king before Achashverosh, had declared anyone who wants to go, only Jew who wants to go back to Eretz Yehuda and rebuild the base of can do so. And the first wave of Kaiyushal returned under the leadership of Zerubbabel and Yeshua the Kohen Gadol. And they got back to Eretz Yisrael. And they brought him to start, they're ready to start building for the base of Megiddosh, which, again, if you look in the Psukim, in Ezra, Koresh had promised to sponsor. He told his governor in Yehuda, in the area of Eretz Yisrael, that he's going to pay for all the building costs of the base of Megiddosh. So the Jewish people were pretty confident that it was going to work. They were given a free passage. Not only that, they had no, imagine if someone had paid all the expenses of the shul. It would be unbelievable, they'd start building tomorrow. Right? So here, the, all the costs of the base of Megiddosh are being paid for by the king. So they were sure it was going to work. What went wrong? Koresh died, and Achashverosh became the king. And now a mission was sent by the Sayyidah Yehuda, those, who were the, 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 those nations around that hated the Jews, to King Achashverosh to get him to stop the building project. Let's take away the permits. Who was the messenger who presented the case to Achashverosh to stop the project of building the base of Egdash? Haman. Haman. Haman was already active then in politics, and he was the one who was the, the spokesman, so to speak, for the ones wanting to cancel the building of the Western Mikdash, and he was successful. Avishverish revoked it. And they started to stop. Even though they had begun, they had to stop. That's why, we'll see again in the Megiddo, maybe we'll talk about this more of the Purim, that whatever Avishverish offered ever something, offers Esther something, it's except for the Chatzia Mahos, not the Western Mikdash. That's he had already made a commitment earlier, he's not going to build again. Is there anything else I can give you? But that I already promised Haman I wouldn't. Okay, so Haman already has a track record. And not only that, if you look in Chazal, Hashem already has a debt to settle with Haman from way before the Megillah starts. Because of him, he cancelled the bull in the verse of Megillah. So Hashem could have killed Haman along the line somewhere. No. Before Hashem breaks the Rashi, he brings him to a new height. And therefore, Bringing Haman to, this, to the level of the Prime Minister was a part of the plan to bring Haman down. It was part of the plan, Merosh. Of course, there were other factors along the line which just increased Haman's, so to speak, burden of Avera. The fact that he wanted to kill Mordechai and kill the Jews and everything else he did wrong along the way. He didn't become a tari. But the plan, Merosh, was he already deserved to get killed from long before. But Hashem brought him up to bring him down. Why does Hashem do that? 
Why does Hashem do that? And the answer is because everything which happens in the world is meant to cause a Kiddush Hashem. It's meant to cause a Kiddush Hashem. And if some unknown Russia just, just quietly drops off the scene, no one sees in that a certain Yad Hashem. No one paid attention to them. No one thought of them as being uh, anything important. And Okay, Hashem takes care of his, so to speak, paying back people who deserve to be punished, but it doesn't create a Kiddush Hashem. The same way, there were somebody of prominence, right, then Hashem picks him up to a certain level, and now Hashem brings him down. Oh, that, 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 that emphasizes, magnifies the Kiddush Hashem which is involved. That's Bahaman. Now, not just for the onlookers, not just for everyone who sees what happens, the MS is even for the person himself. Even for the person himself. The Rasha himself, who, when he thinks he's being successful, but then he sees how all that is undoing. So then it brings the Kiddush Hashem to them also, that the, the success was just an illusion. Really, it was all there just to bring them down. David HaMelech says this in Tehillim. They're successful. They're sprouting. They're growing everywhere. They're showing. And the point of that is the point is to destroy them. They were showing at the beginning. And they deserve to be destroyed. But before they get destroyed, Hashem gives them more success so they think they're being successful as a And then they see themselves that they're all down doing. They weren't so successful. The whole thing was just an illusion. And it brings them to the MS, really, that, that the success was illusory. That's what happens by I. And that's the point of I. The people, remember, we see it only from the Jewish perspective. The Jewish perspective, I was a tragedy. That this little town wasn't even bother, worth bothering to send half the army there, and they managed to win. So we see the tragedy, and what do we do wrong? We understand. Hashem took away his Yad Dishmaya, and uh, because Kaishal did a very, made a mistake. But think about how I saw it. Oh, we're the heroes. Now these guys brought down Yericho, these are Kras Sichon and Oig, like all the big names, right? And no one could stand up to them. The, the, the greatest of kings of the Amorim fell. And now this little village, I, was successful. We repelled the Jewish attack. They thought of themselves as, wow, this is not. We didn't even realize how strong we were. Now, that creates a Chil Hashem. I think they're stronger than Akadish Baruchu. The people of I think they can defeat Hashem, great fill Hashem. It's not enough now to bring back the 3,000 people and, and, and knock out I. And no, Hashem is going to bring them higher up to bring them down. And how does He do that? Let the whole Jewish army come to I. Everybody. And they're all going to approach I. And the whole Jewish army is going to run away from I. Not just the 3,000 people. You're sure with everybody, thousands of soldiers, will turn and run when they see the people of I. What's they going to do to the people of I? Now, the first time they met a force of 2,000. No. Now they're meeting a force of 600,000 people. And these 600,000 people turn and run from them. It's just going to push them to an even... We're invincible. We're invincible. Right? It, it makes the Russia more successful. Why? Because like you're going to see what happens in the story when they realize that they lost. The people of I. When they turn around and they see the oil, they sit, the city burning in fire. And then they realize they're trapped. So Mimele, then it brings them to the realization we were never so strong. We thought we were stronger than the Jewish people. Either, but we see we weren't. And that's what Hashem wants. 
The Kiddush Hashem, which comes around when the Rasha himself realizes he wasn't as powerful as he thought he was. Now, just to punish him straight, won't do that. A Stavka, when you push him up that much higher, that much higher than he, because he can't even believe his own ability, so to speak, then from that height, it's like unbelievable. It's only a person who realizes the whole thing was an illusion. It never existed. And Homan's the same thing. The same Homan who a day before, look at this in the Megillah Rabbis, it's an amazing point. The same Homan who a day before said, I have everything in the world. I have everything in the world. Everything. That same Homan the next night is hanging on the gallows. And he realizes everything he had is nothing. From the position of the greatest power, that's where he falls. And the point is, the Kiddush Hashem creates. As much as the person thinks he has and he's strong and he's powerful and he's successful, if he's a Russia, the more you see your success, the more you'll realize how much it wasn't a success. How much it was an illusion. The same Esther, who he thought was his biggest success, and besides for all of that, the, the Esther Amalek invited me to be with the king. <laughs> that was his undoing. Don't think for a second Esther Amalek invited me to be with the king because she was enamored with you, because she was respecting you. Exactly the opposite. Haman realizes the whole thing was an illusion. The same thing by I. The whole point of staging the success of I's second victory, they're not just going to take on 3,000 people, they can take on the whole Jewish people, and the Jewish people will run. The point was to bring into that high point that then later on they realized that they were never so successful. They were never so successful. You can't fight Hashem. It was all an illusion. And that rectifies the Chidul Hashem, which would be created at the beginning, when the people of I thought we were successful. The way to deal with it, make them feel they're more successful. They're super successful. And from that point, I'll realize that the whole success was transient. And that restores the Kiddush Hashem that is meant to be.